Welcome to today's service. It is a Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. I trust that today's word enriches you. I trust that today's word encourages you and strengthens you in a manner like never before. This morning, I'm preaching on audacious faith. And uh, last Sunday, I preached on persistent faith. And it is my belief that as we tackle the subject on faith, your faith will grow just like that. the faith of Abraham that grew and did not waver through unbelief. So I'm trusting that in these times, I did say last week, the reason why I preached on persistent faith was, you know, in these times when things looked up, we need to have faith that pushes, we need to have faith that does not give up. And this morning, I'm sharing a word with you on audacious faith. Audacious faith is fearless faith. Audacious faith is courageous faith. And it is in these times, child of God, that we need such faith, such audacious faith. And this kind of faith is not premised on our understanding. This kind of faith is premised on the things that look impossible for us but are possible with God. This audacious faith that I'm sharing about this morning, it is premised as well on Proverbs 3 verse 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This audacious faith is faith that is based on throwing logic out the window, on saying, yes, these things are impossible with men, but these things are possible with God. I'm hoping that this message this morning will actually encourage you as I look at audacious faith, trusting in God for the things that look impossible to us. Things seem impossible. Things look like they are going from better to worse. Things are, are not going well, but we can trust in the Lord that the Lord has provided. As I share this message this morning with you on audacious faith, your expectation will look different. Your perspective will look different. The things that you are trusting God for, you are going to increase your level of expectation despite what is happening in this environment, despite what you are seeing around you because audacious faith throws logic out the window. Audacious faith refuses to rely on one's understanding. And let me just go ahead of myself and actually say very often we must be careful not to use logic and prevent the manifestation of God's supernatural powers in our lives. I'm going to be looking at the characteristics of audacious faith because I'm hoping that these characteristics of audacious faith will help us learn and begin to apply these things in our lives. And I am taking my reading from First Samuel, and let me just give a bit of background. Jonathan, son of Saul, has gone and attacked an army, has attacked a fort, has attacked a place of the Philistines, and he has defeated them, and this angers the Philistines. And the Philistines then gather their army and gather, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 13, the Bible says they gathered 3,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and their warriors were as numerous as the sand by the seaside. So these Philistines have now been angered by what Jonathan has done, and they are ready to attack the Israelites. They are ready to attack Saul and his army. And on the other side, Saul's army 
has started to deplete. At one stage, they had 3,000, but the numbers are shrinking because the army, the soldiers are fleeing. They are running away because they are fearing the attack of the Philistine army. And some of them are actually joining the enemy's army. Some of them are running into the mountains. But in this case, Jonathan one day decides he's going to walk into the camp of the Philistine. So let us read it from 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. This is Jonathan speaking. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, uh, meaning the uncircumcised Philistine. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. And then if we jump to verse 13, he actually convinces his armor bearer to go with him. So they climb in verse 13, they climb up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind him. They killed some 20 men in all and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly, this is verse 15, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. So as that is happening, Saul sees from his post, he sees a strange sight. He sees the vast army of the Philistine begin to melt in every direction. This is in verse 16. And he thinks maybe it is my army that is going to attack them. Let us have a roll call to a check. They have a roll call and only to find that everyone is there except Jonathan and his armor bearer. They are gone. They are not in his camp. Then Saul in verse 20 and his army rush out to battle, and what they find there, they find the Philistines killing each other, and there was a terrible confusion everywhere. This is where we are going to be picking up what audacious faith is all about. We are going to be looking at the characteristics of audacious faith. The first characteristic of audacious faith as I said earlier on, is audacious faith leans not on logic or understanding. It leans not on understanding or logic. Here is this example. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, let us go to their camp. This is the same camp of a people that have made Jonathan enemy number one because of what he did at Giba, because of what Jonathan did at their barracks, at their camp. This is the same Jonathan that has caused them to gather together to attack the Israelites. And here he is now saying to his armor bearer, let us go there. And this is the same army that I mentioned in chapter 13 that had men as many as the sand of the seashore. And here are two men here walking towards the 
camp of such a large crowd. Two of them. That does not make sense. That does not make logic. It is illogical. It does not make sense. It is not only mission impossible, but it is suicide mission. It doesn't make sense. Logically, how can a man that's enemy number one on that side walk to that camp, the same camp that has put a price on his head? He walks there. I'm saying to you, audacious faith has no logic. The woman with the issue of blood, she had audacious faith. Because she had tried everything logic said she could try. She had been to every doctor, every physician that she had been referred to. But this one time when she hears that Jesus is here, she thinks outside of logic. She says, although the doctors have not helped me, if I could just touch the helm of his garment, I will be healed. Audacious faith ignores logic. The ten spies that came back and said, the people in the promised land are giants. And Caleb and Joshua were saying, let us go and attack. They were using logic, and that logic prevented them from walking into the promised land. That logic that they applied caused them to find themselves in the wilderness, die in the wilderness, because they had applied logic. Audacious faith says it is impossible with me, but it is possible with God. That's what audacious faith is. Audacious faith does not think if I do this, if I do this, if I add one plus one, it gives me two. It says if I add one plus one, it gives me a million because God can multiply. If Joshua had applied logic when the Lord said to him, walk around the wall of Jericho, Joshua would not have seen the wall come crumbling down. He did not have to pick up a chisel to bring the wall. But God has said to him, walk around the wall. Audacious faith has no logic. Audacious faith has no understanding. So in this environment, I'm saying to you, under these circumstances, you may have lost your job, but audacious faith says, God will provide. I don't care how. It may be impossible with me. People are losing jobs left, right, and center, but God shall provide. Audacious faith says, although the statistics of divorces are increasing, but God will restore my marriage. Although people are dying of this disease and that disease, yes, it looks impossible, but all things are possible with God. Number two, audacious faith trust and has confidence in God for the impossible. Audacious faith has confidence in God for the impossible. Let's go back to the verse that we just read. Jonathan says, perhaps the Lord will help us for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has Many warriors or only a few. Hallelujah. Here is Jonathan saying, I'm trusting God for the impossible. With men, it is not possible that I can conquer an army that large. 
But with God, nothing is impossible. He says, nothing can hinder the Lord. He says, nothing can hinder the Lord. As he starts, he says, perhaps the Lord will help us because Joshua understood that God is a sovereign God. He may do it now, he may do it later. But here he says, yes, God may decide to do it or not, but the one thing that I know about my God is that nothing can hinder God. Nothing can stop God. Nothing is impossible with God. Audacious faith takes that stance. I am reminded of Joshua. Joshua is in a battle and the sun is about to set. He looks up to God in front of the Israelites and he said, Lord, cause the sun to stop and the moon to stop because we've got business here. He's in a battle. He does not want to come back the following day. And he says, Lord, this is my version of it. Lord, I don't want to come back here tomorrow. Cause the sun to stop, the moon to stop. And let me finish what you started. That's audacious faith. It trusts not in what I can do. It trusts in what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. Joshua understood that the world was created by God. The sun and the moon has to respond to God. So he calls up to God and God responds because he sees this kind of faith that is so great. The Bible says never before and never again did anything like that happen because Joshua, Joshua exercised Audacious faith, daring faith, fearless faith, saying, Lord, I've never seen it happen before, but I'm calling upon you. Lord, I've never seen a marriage that's so torn apart being restored, but I am trusting in you, Lord. Lord, I've never seen an economy that's got so messed up, but I'm trusting in you, Lord. Lord, I've never seen so many deaths, but I am trusting in you, Lord, because all things are possible with you. Audacious faith stands on the premise that all things are possible with God. It stands on that premise that all things are possible with God. The angel of the Lord comes to Mary and tells her that she's blessed. The favor of God is upon her. She's going to conceive and give birth to a son who will be the Messiah. And the Passion translation says in Luke 1, 37, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Audacious faith hangs on that, that no promise of God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Jesus says in Mark 9 verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Let me just pause for a moment there. 
all things are possible with God. If you can believe that all things are possible with God, then your belief enables you to experience all those possible things that you are believing God for. Because you are hanging your faith, you are hanging your confidence on the one in whom nothing is impossible with. Audacious faith says, I am a human being. There are things that I cannot do, but God, but my Father is able to do all things for me. This is what Jonathan was saying. That Father, I cannot on my own defeat this army. But in you I trust. Because you can use a few or you can use many. Just on that I'm reminded of Gideon. Gideon told he's a man of valor, assembles an army as instructed by God, and 32,000 men strong to attack 135,000 soldiers of the enemy. And God says to him through the angel, the 32,000 is too many. Reduce them. He reduces them to 10,000 and says, Lord, I'm ready to roll. I've got the right army now. Those that didn't want to come with me, I've sent them home. We're ready to go. And God says, no, 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 no. You're still too many. And eventually, he leaves with 300 men. God is demonstrating that I am not going to use your ability. I am not going to use your numbers. I am not going to... That, that, the, the 300 just didn't make logic. It didn't make sense. But Gideon trusted in the Lord because the Lord had said, I will come with you. I will be with you. Audacious faith does not look at what I have. Audacious faith does not look at my ability. Audacious faith does not look at what I can logically add up or whatever. Audacious faith looks up to God. Audacious faith looks up to heaven. Jesus has just left the house of Jairus as he leaves two blind men follow Jesus. And this is found in Matthew chapter 9 verse 27 to 30. And they shout, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on us. They follow him into the house. And when they get into the house, Jesus turns around to them and says, Do you believe I can make you see? And they respond and say, Yes, Lord, we do. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. And their eyes were opened and they could see. Now, these men are following Jesus and they are crying out to him, Lord, have mercy on us. 
Jesus gets into the house and he asks them, do you guys believe that I can make you see? Because child of God, it's one thing to cry, Lord have mercy on me, Lord have mercy on me, and not believe deep down in your heart that God can make you see. That is why Jesus turns around to them and says, do you believe? You've been saying, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. But do you believe that I can make you see? Do you believe? Do you have confidence in me that I can do with my power, with my ability to make you see? Now, I just want to pause there and say to you, how many of us may be following Jesus like the blind man? And if we're to be asked, do you believe that God has the power? Do you believe that Jesus has the ability to restore your marriage? Do you believe that Jesus has the ability and can provide for your finances? Do you believe that Jesus has the power to heal you? Do you believe that although you've lost your job, that Jesus will continue providing because Jesus has been the provider? When you had the job that you had, that was just a means that Jesus provided. Now that that means has gone, do you believe in the one that's the source? Or are you putting your hope in the resources? Audacious faith looks beyond resources. I'm reminded of the prophet Elijah who has prayed for no rain. And the Lord sends him up to the cave and says to him, stay there, I will feed you. That didn't make logic. The bears will feed in the morning, you'll be well fed. They'll bring bread, they'll bring meat for you. And the Lord had said to him, go there where there's a, a stream of water. Stay there, you'll be fed. And the water in the stream ran out the stream ran dry the prophets did not panic my bible nowhere does it say that elijah panicked the bible did not say that elijah complained to god because it is real but god is still on the throne he will provide he'll give us other means i want to believe that elijah saw the stream over days running dry he did not panic because he knew that this was what God had made as provision for him for that time. Then the Lord said to him, go down to a widow. And he went down there. And when he got there, he finds the woman with little oil and little flour. And he does not complain to say, Lord, but... I thought this was going to be the provision. He understood that God was the source and what he was seeing was just the resources. And when the brook is dry, the birds have stopped feeding him. He comes down here and God takes the little flower 
and the little oil and feeds the widow and his son and the prophet throughout the period until it rained again. He understood that God is the provision. I am here to tell you, child of God, this is just a side matter that although things may look like the resource has run dry, whatever resource you are referring to, but God is the source, hallelujah. So I'm saying to you, do you believe, do you believe that God can change the situation around? Because audacious faith looks beyond logic. Audacious faith trusts wholeheartedly in the Lord. Audacious faith has confidence in the Lord and no one else. Jesus says to Thomas, who refused to believe when the disciples told him that they had seen Jesus. And he says to them, I will not believe until I see. And Jesus, in John chapter 20, verse 29, they've locked themselves in a room. All the disciples are there, and Thomas is there, and Jesus suddenly shows up. Glory to Jesus. Suddenly shows up. The doors are locked. I'm here to tell you, that though the doors may be locked, nothing will hinder Jesus from coming into a situation and resurrecting a situation, restoring what needs to be stored. Nothing will form a hedge to prevent him from coming. The doors were closed, the windows were closed, but in there he was found. And he says to Thomas, Thomas, look, you wanted to see this? so that you could believe. Look, you wanted to see this so you could believe. Jesus then says in verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen but believed. Number three, audacious faith requires courage. The verse we read earlier on about Jonathan and the armor bearer, it says in verse 13, so they climbed up using both hands and feet. It took effort. They were climbing up cliffs. It took courage for them to eventually see the manifestation of what they were trusting God for. It took courage. It took effort. I am reminded of, once again, the Israelites that had no courage to attack the giants in the promised land. It takes courage, child of God. Audacious faith takes courage. Audacious faith, although it trusts in God, but audacious faith takes courage towards the miracle that I'm trusting God for. Audacious faith takes steps towards the miracle that I'm trusting God for. 
Jonathan was not found lying on his mat next to his father. No. He's seen in this verse walking on his knees, crawling rather, on his knees and hands towards where he's expecting the manifestation to happen. David ran towards Goliath. It took courage. He ran towards where he was expecting the miracle to happen. You are looking for a job, but you're not sending out your CVs. You're not taking steps towards that. You are wanting your marriage to be restored, but you're not even talking to each other. What are you doing? Because child of God, faith without works is dead. Say faith without works is dead. Joshua, he's 85 years old. And he still remembers there's a mountain that we didn't conquer. The same courage that he had when he came back with those spies is the same courage he now has because he remembers the Lord saying to him, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I have given you this land, but be strong and courageous. Child of God, I'm saying the promises of God are there for us. Let us not be found sitting. It's one thing to pray and fast. It's another, once you've prayed and fasted, to walk towards the promise, to walk towards the place that you're expecting the miracle. Hallelujah. Child of God, as I close, I want to take you back to 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 16, where per the New Living Translation, while Saul is looking from his camp, he sees a strange sight. He sees the vast army begin to melt away in every direction. It is my declaration that may you be the one that sees a strange sight. May you be the one that sees what had collapsed being restored. May you be the one that sees a strange sight over your finances that may have been depleted being restored. May you be the one that sees a strange sight when people are losing jobs and you get that call, your job is secure. When people are losing jobs, may you be the one that sees a strange sight that says your application has been approved. You are successful. May you be the one that experiences a hundredfold harvest for what you've sown, for what you've sown in your ministry, for what you've sown in your church, 
for what you've sown in your family, for what you've sown in your relationship, for what you've sown with your studies, with your long hours of studying, with your long hours of work. May you be the one that experiences, that sees a strange sight, that sees things pressed down, shaken together, running over. May you begin to experience and see those things in your life. I'm declaring that may your audacious faith, faith that trusts God for the impossible in these challenging times, in these difficult times, when we're no longer just hearing about numbers, but we're hearing about people that we knew, that we know. May you see a strange sight over everything that you lay your hands on. I just want to pause here and just ask that we take a moment and pray for those things that we are trusting audaciously without logic for God to move in our space. That we are trusting God to see like souls saw, but see it for ourselves. Like souls saw a strange sight. May you experience a strange sight. Let's just pray over those things. Father, just pray over whatever your listeners are praying over, my God. I say, Father, may your anointing be over them. Father, may you cover them, King of glory. Lord of lords, may their dreams come into realization. Father, you say in your word, you are able to do exceedingly upon and above all that they may think, all that they may imagine, all that they may ask for. Father, they are before you now, King of glory. You say in your word, all things are possible to him who believes. With men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we're asking you, Lord, the God of the possibilities, the God who's not hindered by anything, to hear their cries, to hear their requests, and respond, King of glory. This is a prayer between them and you, my God, wherever they are, my God. Strengthen them, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. In Jesus' name, it is done. Because the Bible says, if you pray, believing you have received it, it shall be yours. In Jesus' most precious name, we thank you, Lord. I just want to extend this opportunity to someone in this room who hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's a very simple step that you can make but it's got profound effects eternal effects just stand with me in this prayer and say with me god i am a sinner i cannot come to you except through jesus christ jesus christ today this morning i accept you as my lord and savior come and dwell in my life i am a new creation from today i thank you jesus 
I thank you, God. Glory and honor belongs to you. In Jesus' most precious name. Let's give those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior a hand. Because even in heaven, the angels are clapping. Amen and amen.